Good evening, everyone. We're live with Terry Flow Upstream number 35. Late as usual, just a little bit, but soon to be on time. How's everyone doing tonight? We're here with Blaze from Crackberry, Alex, a front-end developer and web developer. As well, we have Brandon Orr and Darius Hello. Stokes. Everyone doing well this evening? Brandon or who? Pretty good. Or DJ BMO, as some yeah. like to call him. <laughs> the cloud. Brandon's, Brandon's mad. <laughs> Speaking of Brandon, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's kind of mad right now. Uh, he, you put out a cloud mix beta earlier today, is that correct? Another yeah. update? Uh, yeah. What, are some, what are some of the additions? Um, I put out, it's uh, invoking, so for instance, if there's a, a mix cloud link somewhere in the OS, you can set cloud mix as a default to open those links. Um, I've also just added like a better now playing page, so that it's a better design and stuff like that. Just refinements, added keyboard, uh, touch keyboard support throughout the entire app, uh, dark and bright themes to the entire app, and and uh, BBM connection to the entire app. Sweet, definitely getting more fleshed out. Awesome to have it. Absolutely. So, Brandon, tell us tell us why you're called BMO, DJ BMO. I feel like there's a Canadian joke in there some way. Isn't there one of, one of your banks? Yeah, but it, it was more just because I was, during my first gig, I got it at, like, the last minute, and they need I needed to have, like, a DJ name. So I was talking to my friends, and I'm like, what should my DJ name be? And they're like, oh, most people just pick their, like, initials or the name or whatever, right? So I'm like, okay. So that's when I just used BMO, and, like, I got lots of good comments that night, so I just kept the name. You've been rolling with it ever since. <laughs> we gotta get one of your mixes here on um, on Upstream one of these days. Maybe Google won't pan it for a copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started, guys. There's a couple of things to talk about, some pretty interesting stuff. Let's start off with talking about Alex Saunders returning to Microsoft. There's interesting news. Uh, he left BlackBerry a couple months back and is now uh, taking up helm at Microsoft. What are some of you guys' thoughts on that new venture for him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. Right. I, I, I wish him the he, best. He left BlackBerry like back in October or November, so I I was kind of surprised that it actually you know the the information sort of filtered up as high as what it did. And he's been gone for a few months, and his his new ventures at Microsoft don't even you know they don't affect BlackBerry in any way. So right. Why was it? Why was it so relevant to everybody? Wasn't he the guy that was behind like the uh, the BlackBerry song? Like you know, guys were singing it with the guitar and the whole nine, right? <laughs> so yeah. you know, I mean, with with Steve Ballmer when he left Microsoft, maybe he's kind of like a little added personality, if you will. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of like you know, best of luck. I mean, you know, it, it's not necessarily like he was the motor or anything. I mean, you you, you move on, you transition in your career, so. I guess you're happy to see that the guy still has a job somewhere and he, you know, has something he's, he's got going for himself. So, hey, he was set up with like the impossible task of get a brand new platform, tons of apps, and like every look at any of um, like Mozilla Phone or whatever, like all these other new kind of platforms coming out. It's not easy to get tons of apps on board. So it's like you can't really say he's a terrible first person for what he did. Like he didn't do anything for BlackBerry. It's just, it's a hard thing, and he's not a bad guy, I'm sure. I'm sure he's good at his job. No, it's just a really guy. tough task. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't hold any ill will towards him or anything like that. He's an active, he's an awesome guy to talk to and everything. And it just it just amazed me that you know people took that information and ran with it. But yeah, he's been gone for a few months. There's nothing. Nobody 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 made a big hassle out of Vivek heading over to Apple. I mean, he's the iOS product marketing department right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, and Apple's taking quite a few. I think they took Sebastian as well. Yeah. So well, yeah. Apple, if you follow, if you follow on LinkedIn, everybody seems to be going to either Apple or Samsung at this point. So I've seen a couple go to Google too. I mean, they're yeah. really just kind of spreading the net, so to speak. I I think it's good for Saunders in terms of like what he was really really good at. He had his own startup. He he was really big into that startup scene, kind of bringing ideas from conception into fruition. And with the BlackBerry 10 app catalog, like it's still awesome. There's a lot of great native applications that were there at launch and then followed through in the in the coming months. So, I, you know, I'm pleased for all the work that developer relations did, especially reaching out with developers like Brandon and Alex and getting them devices that they can actually have in their hands to use. Not many platforms really do that at the onset where they're trying to get apps. So, definitely yeah. good on him. Uh, I wish they kind of stuck with that strategy a little longer, but. Now we have Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it seems honestly, it seems like developer relations has sort of like pretty much died off at this point. <laughs> it, it rose I mean, with Saunders and fell with Saunders, you know. Let me have a quick look here. I think I think the last time that they actually like tweeted a developer was like two months ago or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like the the account has been constantly tweeting stuff out, but like at the last time that they actually interacted with someone. It was like well over like a hundred days ago or something like that, which is unfortunate because I'd like to see more interaction in that area. It's, it's weird because then I, I see these on the BlackBerry YouTube. I see these developer kind of like BlackBerry experience type events that they're doing, but they're doing them overseas. They're really yeah. small. You don't hear about them, but they're still mm -hmm. doing it. I mean, I, we do see a lot of the brunt of the BlackBerry developer relations teams kind of dissipating. But they're still out there. They're still focusing on those key markets where they can. They still have you know that traction. So, again, cool to see Saunders moving on, bigger, better things. I'm glad he's where he's at. And as Darius said, I'm kind of just glad he still has a job. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's got family. Everybody's got kids and yeah. stuff. You got to take care right. of. Them, so. Deals to pay, mouths to feed. Nothing in the world's free, right? Right. So, but let's move on. Let's talk about BlackBerry security. I think it's a really important part of obviously what BlackBerry is doing these days. And I want to focus in keenly on an inside the BlackBerry blog post talking about the hardware level security, talking about securing as part of an end-to-end -end platform the endpoints, the devices, and how BlackBerry is working with Qualcomm to actually start and boot the device securely. Blaze, I don't know if you wanted to elaborate on that a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I think it was kind of funny in terms of how I how I I summed up the scenario because basically I summed it up as like this is why your BlackBerry takes so long to boot. <laughs> but honestly, Which, yeah, realistically, um, realistically the the boot time has actually improved, so that's one thing. Um, you know, and you're no longer waiting ten minutes for your device to boot, even though it's still arguably a bit longer than every other device that's out there, but you know, they, they went through the whole process of um, explaining why it takes that amount of time because it's not, you know, it's not just starting up the OS or anything like that. I mean, you know, you can start up start up a, a device like your computer, whatever the case may be, but 
Um, they call it like the hardware root of trust is the, is the foundation of BlackBerry security. So every single time any BlackBerry device in the world boots up, it goes through a complex and unique series of checks to confirm the integrity of each component. So if there is something amiss in that level, like if, um, say, for example, somebody injected a, a hardware startup, you know, malware or anything like that, as we've recently seen on uh, OS X for Mac computers, um, they eventually got into the boot ROM. Uh, and they were able to exploit the boot ROM, but in the case of BlackBerry, it, you wouldn't be able to do that because it, it verifies each and every signature along the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the example that they gave you, the, the CPU embedded boot ROM verifies the digital signature of the boot ROM, so that's one step. The boot ROM then verifies the signing key of the operating system, so that's the second step and the operating system verifies the hash of the base file system. So that's your third step, and the base file system verifies the hashes of all loaded applications. So it's not, you know, if, if any one of those is out of line or amiss or has been tampered with in any sort of way, I mean, it's going to stop the process. It's going to let you know that there's something wrong or not boot up the device, and that way you get, you know, the, the whole complex nature of it is that it will stop whatever is wrong and you don't have to worry about it. So it goes through through those boot processes every single time that you fire up the device and make sure that everything is um, you know the way that it's supposed to be. Nothing has been tampered with. And it definitely sounds like something that may be taken for granted by a lot of users out there in terms of what it really is doing kind of in the back end. Really cool to see that they do have kind of like a pyramid that builds in terms of security for that load. Uh, Alex, Brandon, what are some of your thoughts in terms of, I guess, the startup time on BB10? I remember back on some of those early, early Dev Alpha devices, it would literally take like five minutes just to get some of them up and running. Are you pleased with it now on some of the later builds? They've slowly improved it, and I think, honestly, one of the things that I'm most happy about is now when you boot it up at the bottom, if you're on a newer 10.3.1 leak, um, or build, rather, because some people have it, then it actually says what it's doing as it's doing it. So it says, yeah. like, you know, it, it lets you know that it's doing stuff, and it's not just this symbol, or it's not just, like, a percentage going up and the thing going around it. It's actually saying, like building integrity of platform, like it tells you as it's going and you feel like you're not just waiting to wait, you're waiting because it's doing something. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm, I'm glad that they've done that and they have improved the time a little bit. Um, I know like compared to an iPhone or an Android, you can restart a device sometimes in you know, 30 seconds and BlackBerry, I still think you're going to have to wait two minutes sometimes. And I've, I've restarted maybe a minute and a half occasionally, but it's Two minutes, two and a half minutes, sometimes three minutes. So mm -hmm. they've been yeah. improving it, but you know it's always been one of the laughable things about BlackBerry. And I guess we'll just take it because it's security, and we just gotta live with that. And that's what I said. It's like you know, do I want my boot, my device to boot in like a few seconds slower for the security? Of course, I mean, you know, I don't have anything yeah. better to do anyways. Yeah. My, my device can take another 10 seconds or whatever the case is. We don't reboot, reboot that often either. Yeah, yeah that's, what I was about to that's say. the other thing. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, it's all relative. As as the process even highlights, it's all relative 
to the amount of applications that you have loaded as well yeah. because the the last the last step is that the base file system verifies the hashes of all loaded applications. So if you have you know like a thousand apps on your phone, obviously it's going to be slower because it's taking the time to go ahead and verify more apps at that point in time. Yeah. The more you know, <laughs> maybe the less you'll complain. I mean, <laughs> what about you, Darius? You have any encounters where the the load times has been too egregious? Like you gotta snap a picture, the phone is rebooted. I mean, yeah, it is times, and it and is it's just as Chris mentioned, is uh, depends on the amount of application that you know you have on your phone that takes that little bit. Because you'll notice, like it takes nothing to get from like you know zero to like thirty percent or forty percent. Like it'll boot, you know fairly quickly to get to that percent and then like you know you get to on about 50 70 percent and then it begins to slow down you're like Jesus Christ and that's when it's checking their applications at the time <clears throat> so I, what I found interesting about it though is because uh, last year February of last year I attended a um, networking uh, plus class because I was going for my um, Cisco industry cert and they were talking about this, like having the security checks on the hardware level and kind of where that's where a lot of tech companies are going towards now, not just with software, but they're trying to just implement it in the hardware as well. And I found it very interesting that, you know, that's really what BlackBerry had been doing all along and just saying that they're, they've already taken that step and it's breaking it down to people because I, I, I guess BlackBerry now feels that, okay, in, near in the future, this is what other companies are going to start doing because, you know, security is such a huge issue now, uh, not to say that it hasn't never been, but, you know, with all the recent hackings and things of that nature, you know, it's coming to the forefront on a broader um, spectrum, but uh, I know I just found it interesting in that, in that, you know, since that that's what, you know, BlackBerry has took, taken the time, like, you know, prior, prior to, to implement in their hardware, software, and just, you just see the emphasis they really put on security. You know, it's not just a thing that they try to take pride upon is really what they live their their set of principles in terms of their foundation of the, of the company. They they really put put everything on that. So I'm kind of happy that that's really what they do. But I mean they they got like remarkably better. Like just with 3.1 alone, you, the boot time is really like under a minute. <clears throat> and I have a fairly like decent amount of applications, but it's not bad at all. I can't even lie. And hopefully it continues getting refined. I agree right. that I can appreciate BlackBerry's philosophy in terms of how they turn on their phones even. I mean, their, their philosophy is obviously so much bigger than that. But it's definitely a lot to be appreciated in terms of what they value in terms of a mobile device. There are QNX systems in cars that can boot in under 10 seconds. Because, again, who wants to wait when you're turning on your car for the OS to turn on? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not that QNX cannot boot very, very quickly. It's that they are taking these steps and measures to make sure that the security layers are there and built in. So definitely some cool stuff in terms of that hardware level security and really securing the different endpoints uh, as part of all of this. I want to just swing back to Alex Saunders real quick. Last he, What was the last thing he was doing at BlackBerry? Project Ion, correct? Yeah, the Internet of Things system. So, so that platform is now out, in, right? Or is it kind of still pending? They announced a couple of things in terms of the automotive and what they want to do for asset management and some of those endpoints, but well, is this is this fully out in kind of the world right now? Technically, it's out in somewhat of a beta system. I mean, obviously, individuals like us don't have access to it, but I'm sure if, you know, you were a large organization and wanted to 
find out more from BlackBerry, they would gladly show you the way. Uh, you can sign up for the beta on the on the BlackBerry website, all that, and find out more information. But again, it's like one of those things where, and we've addressed this before. It's like one of those things that isn't necessarily on the consumer level or anything like that. So you're not going to hear each and every single thing about it. Uh, you know, it's it's high priority business stuff with large organizations that have mass computing to do. So, mm-hmm. but. So if you if you fit that bill, then you can sign up for a beta, and I'm sure if you reach out to BlackBerry, they'll gladly give you more information. <laughs> more than we can certainly give it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, so we talked about you know some of the big enterprise, big business stuff. Let's talk about something more consumer. Let's talk about the BBM shop that all of us <laughs> visit so so much because it's every fourth item in our news feed. <laughs> <clears throat> Stickers. <laughs> BBM Shop, they posted a bunch of information. I don't know if anyone has it queued up, but the, the, the headline read as hits a billion views, which is pretty substantial. But there was a lot of other kind of APR and metrics that were associated with therein. What do you guys think about BBM stickers? I mean, right now, it's just all Valentine's Day stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to keep in mind that this that this billion views um, is, you know, I'm, so many people are on BlackBerry are using BBM obviously and when you're in a BBM conversation you get the little red notification that there's something going on in the shop and the only way to make that go away is opening the shop so <laughs> I've opened the shop probably 30 times to just instantly close it afterwards just to clear that flag so sure like is that are they I don't know if they're kind of taking advantage of people to open up the shop so they can report better numbers or you know that's just what I, the way that I'm taking it. A billion views is still great, though. Like whether it is just people closing it, they're definitely trying to get advertisers like interested, though. Yeah. My my thing is is like where, where how exactly are you counting the the, the hits in in BBM shop? Like are you counting? I, I mean, because it's just like could I can go into BBM shop countless times throughout the day. So every single time I go in there, is that is that a hit for you, or is it you know? I, I don't know. It's it's really like yeah. A, it's like an impression. It, it's 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 really yeah. a red line that's there, and you know, it's just kind of I don't know. It, it's is it a good thing or is it a bad thing at the end of the day? Because to me, I don't. Well, I don't say a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like how much of a good thing is a billion hits to the BBM shop? Because one, there's not that much there for you to purchase. Two, even if you do have a billion hits, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a good sign in terms of the monetization that BlackBerry wants to have with BBM, but if it really isn't carrying over towards monetization, then where is it going at? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a billion. That's, that's the ticket, though. Is That's that's the whole thing that they avoided in the whole conversation. Right. Yeah, you have, you have a billion views, but like Alex said, how many of those views are just coming from people who just want to get rid of the, the spark on their device? And how many of those people are actually just buying items in the store? Mm-hmm. You know, a billion views sounds impressive, but it's just it's a number, and it doesn't it doesn't really translate into anything unless there's some sort of financial substance behind it, and there's not. We didn't get that. Exactly, it's not. Well, <laughs> I do. Blackberry knows what that number is, but we don't know. They right. didn't share that with us. They don't share any numbers anymore, it seems. Yeah. This might be a new thing that I'm just realizing now, and you guys might be like, you're an idiot, it's been around for ages, but if you do send a sticker and you click a sticker now to make it larger, 
Have you noticed that there's an ad at the top right there? See that pink or that that's not pink at all. That's orange. Have you <laughs> like seen that orange thing? It says like visit. I'll tell you what it says. Cause you're probably gonna read it. It says browse flowers now, and if you click it, it brings you to a website, uh, gobouquets.com. So that's like a genuine like advertisement within sticker packs, and now they're actually each sticker pack has a different advertisement in it. And I don't know if this is a new thing or if you guys have seen this for ages, but I just started noticing this recently. I so I didn't notice that before. I just noticed yeah. that when you said it. Yeah. Each That's sticker pack has its own unique advertisement. Some of them don't have any, um, but it seems like the advertiser... So this might allow you to, in the future, push a sticker pack out for free, but still kind of have an advertisement tied to the stickers, if you know what I mean. So some of the free packs, most of the free packs have that tied to it. Well, there's that one company, right, that they made a big deal about where it was successful. It was a thing, It was some company in East Asia where they did that, and they sold a sticker pack based on the advertisement. And that yep. was kind of the, you know, everybody gets that free sticker pack, and it's sponsored by this company. I think Coke did a sticker pack like that, too, during the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, they did do it during the World Cup. Yeah. Which is a smart idea because I bet you a lot of those views that we saw um, out of that one billion was a bunch of people just going into the store because they heard James got a free pack of stickers <laughs> and everybody else is going in to look to see if they could get it for free too. Um, but yeah, free stickers, people, if you give free stickers, people will use it all the time. So I see that as a good opportunity. Down the line, we'll start seeing a lot more of those type of stickers. If anyone has any contacts within BBM through which we can help accelerate a sticker pack into the store, send me an email. We'd love to know because there's, <laughs> there's so many, like, all right packs hitting the store when so many awesome packs could be hitting the store. Yeah. Telegram is supposedly offering $100 a sticker to the artist per sticker, not per pack, per sticker, just to bring their creative and unique artwork over. BBM, I think, needs to... Stop focusing on some of those larger brands and really just start building some custom, unique things that no other platform has. The, the companies that they're getting these popular stickers from sell these stickers on other IM platforms as well. Oh yeah, it's not it's not just it's not just BlackBerry. They basically they uh, the companies they you know they team up and they basically have them available across every platform. I mean, some of them are exclusive, but one of the companies to to go along with that. And this whole conversation, um, Swift Media was one of the companies that actually provided stickers to the BBM shop, and they actually got acquired the other week by Monotype. And Monotype, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're the ones that basically they own a bunch of different fonts and stuff like that. So if you purchase a font on the web... Um, and you want to use it on your computer or in any of your work or anything like that, there's probably a good chance that you're buying it from Monotype. And uh, oddly enough, Monotype is also the company which actually owns the BlackBerry 10 Slate Pro font. So um, just goes to show you how everything is sort of kind of linked. BlackBerry stickers, BlackBerry, <laughs> the, the company that ended up buying Swift Media, Monotype, created the font that's on BlackBerry 10. But yeah, there's huge money in the company, companies themselves. Like they take those stickers and they go out to every single possible IM chat and sell them in unique ways. And 
you can integrate them, and there's a lot of money to be made there by people who are making the stickers themselves. Hooter should get in on that to find out how. <laughs> Supposedly he's submitted, and he's just waiting to be chosen. <laughs> Something of that nature. <laughs> Dude. I, bet you there's a, I bet you there's a bunch of people who are, are there lining up to give their stickers. It's just the BBM team has to figure out how they're going to have, like, some searching mechanism in the store because as it stands, you can't just keep adding stickers oh, um, yeah, it's continually mess. because all of a sudden you're going to marginalize, you know, the people who are putting stickers into the store. Like, how will, how will certain people get more people... Is it people that have stickers starting with an A? Are they going to get more exposure because they're near the top? It's always the like most that? recent. That's what uh, they or do. Or the most which, recent or something yeah, like that. Look at how many stickers there are, though. Like, this but, is but that's a, And that's the thing. is like Soon enough, people aren't going to want to go swiping through uh, a crazy list. You know, They're going to want to just search for a topic or, or something that interests them. Yeah, they need to break it down to like, categories of some sort. But yeah. I think like half of those billion... Views in BBM shop are they are people like looking for wallpapers? So what's they never actually updated? We have the same, <laughs> same yeah. three three wallpapers forever. We should probably go ahead and update. There, there are there are people that are dedicated like every day to just see if the wallpapers have finally came to shop and like no wake up every morning. I know there's a new wallpaper today. No, <laughs> no. So, here's something it, it, interesting, actually, guys. Real quick, I have a buddy who's over in Indonesia. And he sent me a screenshot of his BBM shop, and they're totally different wallpapers, but still only four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they're doing <laughs> with it right now. Oh, I'd love goodness. to see it expanded. Someone, Darius, you had said that you wanted to. Was it you who wanted to just combine it all into one? Yeah, like just sell sticker and wallpaper packs. Uh, and right. that I'm telling you, like, and you gotta think like that. That will help in terms of the monet- um monetizing BBM because people will just buy stickers just for the wallpaper or people will buy stickers I mean yeah buy stickers because and you know they don't really care for the wallpaper itself but if you sold packs I'm telling you that the the amount that people will start spending in BBM shop yes that billion views will look a bit more realistic in terms of like really purchasing things out of the BBM shop not just going in there and looking and then jumping back out I think it's just something that they've neglected because as soon as as soon as wallpaper customization period is what users love when it comes to messaging. It's just customization. That's why people love emojis. That's why people love emoticons with BBM. That's they love customization. The more you allow people to customize something, the more they are willing to spend. But if you don't give them those options, your monetization will never really exist, or there will not be a you know that driven director from your consumers towards it at all. It's just it is not going to happen. So just think of how many developers made it rich off of BlackBerry themes back right, in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I always bought themes. Just simple fact, and I might have even not even used it, but I just liked it. But it's just that you're just going to spend it. It's just a buck or two, especially if you can go towards your you know carrier billing. So you're not coming out of pocket immediately. You're paying for it on your bill. Like who cares? But those little things, of course, they're not, the Blackbird, they're not stupid, but they know those dollars add up. 99 cents adds up. So at the end of the day, um, it's really a focus that they got to take care of. I mean, it's just BBM as a whole that I know that is their, you know, their crown jewel, but there's so many things implemented in BBM that they can make so much better <clears throat> channels. <laughs> but we won't, get into that. we won't get into that, you know, but 
you just understand the potential behind it. It's just that, you know, like far back, we used to see things that BlackBerry would do, like, oh, we just need these devices. Why don't they just give us BlackBerry 10 OS already? Why don't they just do these things? And they finally start doing these things, and then there's these little things, the, the, the minor details that fall to the wayside, and it's just killing people, you know, but we'll get there one day, one day. No, that got that got existential almost there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just no. wish they'd give out some numbers on how much money you're making. How much I, I don't I don't Here's, care how many billion views that the BBC do we still not have any passports have been sold yet? Have they uh, said that yet? They haven't said any, they haven't said anything in a while, you know? It's like all, and right. the thing is is that everybody's just digging for numbers and uh, apparently John Chen has hit those numbers so damn well that nobody can find them because <sighs> even analysts aren't even talking about them. Like they they gave up. They gave <laughs> up looking for the actual numbers because nobody right. can find them. Maybe there are no numbers. <laughs> ah, and this go. is it. It's just right here. All of us. <laughs> no. Uh, it's interesting. Like, uh, one billion views. If 1% of 1 billion, that's $100 million. Yeah. Assuming one, there's 1%. 1% but, of those viewers buy. Keep in mind that, I, like, this, this whole viewers term, it's really not much different than the term impressions used like on, on web advertising. Oh, so yeah. an impression just shows up that does not mean that anyone clicks it. And if you have a 2% click-through rate on an impression, that's like really freaking good. 1% is still pretty high. Like We're talking about maybe a 0.3% you know, click-through rate. So purchases... Um, you know, and a purchase is, or a click is not even a conversion. A conversion is like one or ten percent of clicks or whatever. So really, an impression or a um, I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of like convoluted here, but it's really not just how many purchases come from a view. It's really how many people view it, and then there's like a click it, and then you know, I don't know. I don't so, know what I'm so, trying so to say. So you're saying it's like a percentage of a percentage. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what I'm to, With the yeah. conversion rate. Okay. What you're trying to say is that everybody could see the ad, but only, let's say, for example, only 10% of those people actually click through and buy something on the ad. Yeah, exactly. So you're not, even if, even if like 5 billion people see it, there's only like 500,000 that may actually click through and buy something, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's still not that significant of a number. Anyway, my whole point is I really don't care how many views it is. I but care about the dollars but, at the end of the day. But once again, different views are worth different are worth okay. different are associated with different values. So yeah. it depends. Like different services, their their clicks or their views are, are viewed differently. Like for instance a Facebook like or or a Facebook view would be worth a different value than, than a Twitter view, for instance. Yeah, and then there's users out there like me probably like I've got thirty stickers paid for maybe twenty of them. It's forty dollars, and I never have once clicked through an ad to purchase. I always just go to the shop and get what I want because I saw yeah. Blaze posted over at Crackberry. I just click the link, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're making money on stickers. I I really do. I think that's why they're pushing it so hard right now. I think uh, it's it's something that's sticky enough that they're making something off of it. Sticky. They have to be because I mean, realistically, everybody moans and groans about stickers, and you know, a lot of people they don't care about the damn stickers. Nobody wants the damn sticker. Well, that's fine. However, 
there's a large majority of people out there who actually buy stickers religiously. It may not necessarily be you, it may not necessarily be Brandon, but there are people out there who look each and every single day for stickers, James, and they will James. buy them. I mean, it, they, to be honest, they kind of have me suckered because I will buy stickers just so that I can post about them and get the link. You know, the, the yep. link. The link is all I care about. I literally just buy sticker packs so that I just can so it automatically shows up in your feed. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't. The only way you could get it. <laughs> I don't care about sharing them with other people, and I know it probably annoy everybody on my BBM list. But I need the link. I literally need the link to be able to go ahead and say, "Hey, these stickers are available on Crackberry," and then I give you the link, right? Because some people want the link. And that's the only reason I have like every sticker pack because I just needed the URL for it, and that's it. I don't even know what half the damn stickers are. I just buy them. Two dollars, two dollars, two dollars. Do you carry your billing, or are you paying this out of pocket? Like a lot of pocket, but still, it's like. Meanwhile. I have so many sticker packs, man. I'm annoyed by all the sticker packs. That's why I urgently, desperately need the ability to hide these things yeah. because I don't want them. <laughs> we're going to get nickel and dime because we're going to have to get BBM premium to be able to do that. Right. Meanwhile, in Waterloo, they're like, yes, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd settle for them rather than the ability to hide if they could just give me the ability to see the URL to the link without actually like buying the stickers. I'd take that. <laughs> In the in the early days, Blaze, I used to guess at what the URL was until I got it right. Like oh, I would yeah. just try combinations. I've tried that before too. The struggle. I've gotten like three or four of them, but the rest of them, I'm like, oh, man, I'm just gonna buy this thing. Dude. Sonic the Hedgehog stickers are too good to pass up. <laughs> if they want to make money, get Pokemon stickers on there, and or like <laughs> Super Mario stickers on there, and oh man. I literally feel like we just flashed back to upstream number three. Like, Brandon said the exact same thing. <laughs> Where'd the SpongeBob stickers go? And you know what? Stickers go. You know what? iOS has Star Trek stickers, too. How come they're not on BlackBerry? Yeah, man. They have Star Trek stickers. Due to this podcast here tonight, I think they'll be at, like, 1.5 billion views by tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Go right. buy stickers. <laughs> I mean, I'm done with stickers. Send them to send them to Chris and I. We'll send them back. Right. Be a nice conversation. I see people on the BBM channels reposting the kind of the, the big aggregated list of all the free ones. Yeah. It's fun to see the community kind of engage with them because it really is one of the only real mediums we have to engage beyond the emojis right now. Well, I like I like seeing stickers like other stickers from other regions, like the people, the ones that you get them in Indonesia and stuff like that. I like seeing those stickers because they don't, they generally they don't show up for us unless you actually have the link, right? So I yeah, really like that. Is it a green bag, like a green plastic bag? Y'all know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. Are they are they what are they Vietnamese or uh? <sighs> I don't I don't know where they are. They're like I don't know South. They're like South or Pacific Asian or something. I don't know. They're, they're like Indonesian. So There's something, but I don't. My favorite ones are like the Saudi Arabian ones. I love those. <laughs> yeah, those are those are pretty funny. And it's weird that they have like free versions and then paid versions of some of them. Right. We all have that one sticker pack of that bird, that green bird-looking thing that like. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. that one? <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, like he's Burn like saying plastic stuff. Bag. He's yeah, like saying stuff. We use them in chats all the time. For all we know, it's like it's like nothing to do with like what we think it is. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are some of them are like LOL, you know. Some of them are straightforward. Some of them are not. You ready, sister? You ready, sister? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know who was responsible for the Dungberries one. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, they'll let that float in, but Marco can't get his in there. Like, I know, right? I think Marco just needs what, – what Marco needs to do is go to each and every one of the companies because you know how there's, like, the, the larger companies like Pico Candy and Swift Media. He just needs to submit, find a way to submit his stickers to all of those until he finds one that actually accepts them and then they can submit them under their own name. That way he still gets paid for them, but it's 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 a company, it's an organization that is already in Blackberry, uh, in the in the in the BBM shop that can actually filter them through. So rather than say, you know, he loses a little bit of promotion that way, but he still gets some money. So I think that would probably be the more likely way to do it. Instead of talking to Blackberry directly. I'll sell BB him in I'm gonna be like, okay, go about halfway into upstream and just start watching. <laughs> Chris has some advice for you. So let's uh, we'll move on from talking about uh, our own guilt money that we spend on BBM. <laughs> and we'll talk about guilt money that typo owes Blackberry. <laughs> I found this story highly amusing. It's not really a story, it's more like news. Um it was eight hundred and sixty thousand dollars, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which realistically isn't a lot. No, not at all. Not it's right. almost it's the entire That's like one investment of... It's kind of a lot. Like, if we thought it would be more, obviously. But, like, if Ryan Seacrest put a million dollars into the company and they're essentially losing almost that entire investment <laughs> due to a lawsuit, that's kind of a lot. I mean, sure, we're, we're hoping it would be, like, $50 billion, but, you know, they're a startup, you know. This isn't, like? a, this isn't a yearly thing, right? This is just a one-time injunction, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. We're not getting royalties as they continue to sell the Typo 2. I would assume they have to pay all the legal fees and stuff like that, too, but mm -hmm. I don't know how that would work. Yeah. But still, pretty hilarious. I mean, the majority of us called that even before... Yeah, we didn't we didn't need a court to tell us that. <laughs> just look at the damn thing. You can tell that they ripped them off. Of course, BlackBerry is going to get some money out of it eventually. If you go ahead trying to skirt the law, then, you know. Well, my thing is just, like, who the fuck would put that on the bottom of their iPod? I mean, iPhone, though. It's just, like, you're really going to, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> There's some dumb inventions, <laughs> and people will spend money on them. But that is, like, it's not even the fact that I call it dumb because you copy the BlackBerry keyboard. It's just a simple fact. It's who the fuck would walk around with I'm sorry, I, I need to stop because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> who, who really would put that on the bottom of the device? Like, seriously, it just... I don't know. I don't. I can't see... Even if I was an iPhone owner, I would not walk around with that on the bottom of my phone. And I wouldn't allow my wife, who is an iPhone owner, to walk around with it. Like, seriously, that's just... It, it really is stupid. Yeah, it looks pretty ugly on the device itself. What's just, funny, though, is... You, you could go. You could go. Yeah. No, no, go for it, Alex. Okay. You know, the rumored next device to come out for BlackBerry, like, and we're really talking rumors here, would have, you know, the built-in physical keyboard at the bottom, right? And 
it would almost be like an iPhone with the typo keyboard on it when it was actually pulled out. Like, it would look like that, wouldn't it? Isn't that... So it's like, I mean, you can laugh over the looks. I guess the whole point of, it's like an extension of the phone, then that's kind of, like, ridiculous, whereas this one, you'd be able to obviously fold out and fold back in, so it's not really getting in the way. Um, But maybe this is just the path that it's going to go. I don't know. My thing is, I wish BlackBerry kind of was a little bit more lucrative in terms of their offering. Like, I would take the touch-enabled keyboard that I've innovated on and build my own typo and sell yeah. it to iPhone users, you know? And and take it to a level that, like, not even, you know, Ryan Seacrest can with the touch-enabled, bring it to market before anyone else. Offer those different solutions for users. Show them what BlackBerry's all about, and that's how you get them back to devices. I suggested a long, long time ago on one of these upstreams, you know, BBM should have the BlackBerry 10 keyboard built in across devices so that you can have the flick typing experience, but within the BBM app. Uh, It's just an interesting conversation, especially when we juxtapose it against the whole fact that now they have to pay out on their infringement of the keyboard. BlackBerry should do that, because they, they could advertise it, like, realistically, they could advertise it, get the BlackBerry keyboard on your iPhone, because that's what people really want. I mean, that's what that's what the people who are buying it really want on their iPhone, so they could just go ahead and advertise it that way. I think it's something, I mean, like, how much could you honestly sell that thing for? Like, 100, 150? Like, how much would you honestly pay for that? Like, how much would Kevin pay for that, Chris? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin would pay whatever he needed to pay for it, but I don't know. I would get if I had to put a, a price on it, I'd probably save like a hundred to two hundred dollars. It's somewhere in between. People would pay for it. I, mean, I don't know what they were actually selling them for, but the typos. Yeah, I'm looking online. They're ninety nine dollars for the iPhone six one, and they're seventy nine for the iPhone five ones. Not bad. So. Does the iPhone 6 one, like, cover up the Touch ID sensor? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some some iPhone 6 cases cover up the Touch ID sensor, which I don't understand why someone would... It, it's just stupid. Why would you buy a case that covers up one of the integral parts? <laughs> of the phone? Yeah, it's a bit silly. Yeah. Do any of those cases have bypass? Like, I think the typo has a little home button on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you don't get the, the actual fingerprint. Ability. That's the, you know. It's kind of weak anyways. Whenever you power off the phone, you have to enter in your password to use it again, too. (laughs) Did we just lose Brandon? Has he just, like, disappeared? I think he fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it got quiet all of a sudden. He has shamed Canada. (laughs) No, so we'll move on to our last topic here. We had the regulatory investigation of, on BlackBerry Samsung stock manipulation back when some of the rumors came out from Reuters, I believe, in regard to Samsung putting a bid in for BlackBerry stock rose considerably. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Where did we hit? Did it hit 15 or was it like high 14? It was it was 13, like 60 at one point. It was it was high 13s. Yeah, I was watching it very closely because I am an investor. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's I think it's just good that the regulators are at least looking into it. It may not be, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has just been hyped just purely from the media. I think Bruders just really kind of just went off with it. And I, I don't really think it was anything that was, you know, plotted. Definitely not on Blackberries and, and just a simple fact because I don't – when you look at John Chen just in terms of his integrity, that's just nothing of, you know, his being. I, I can't see him, you know, trying to create some uh, type of – you know, hype of that nature. It, it just isn't his type of audience. And even with Samsung, I don't even think they're they're not small enough to even try to create rumors of such. They have no reason to do it. BlackBerry doesn't have any reason to do it. So this the the thing is, they wouldn't be on BlackBerry's end that this is even dealing with. Like this is this is someone pot, like this whole thing that's going on. It's somebody who is investing in BlackBerry may have somehow made this article come to fruition and made it happen. BlackBerry normally does not comment on rumors, but the fact they actually went out of their way to comment on this rumor because they felt it could have possibly hurt the market. Um, People, businesses who are relying on BlackBerry, if they were to think BlackBerry might be bought by Samsung, they could hurt future sales. So they actually wanted to end this rumor which normally BlackBerry does not like say anything about rumors, and by them actually acknowledging that this was a rumor, it hurt their stock because it jumped back down. If they didn't say a word, then their stock would have still been sitting at thirteen dollars, and we would have had to take the rumors for the rumor. But right. the fact that BlackBerry went out and said this is not true, then the boom, the stock went right back down. So it actually hurt everything. And I guess somebody had made, you know, a twenty thousand dollar investment right before the rumor hit. And when you're talking about a $20,000 investment, uh, something going up 30 or 40%, or I think it was a $200,000 investment, it was a, it was a large chunk of money. And a 30% increase in stock, like within that close a time frame, that's kind of a lot of money to just be playing around with. So that's the stock manipulation that I think it was shares. Look into. It wasn't. Oh, yeah, 20,000 shares or, yeah, yeah 200,000 shares or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So somebody, so whoever. They, whoever ended up moving those shares, is essentially the one that they're going to be looking at because yeah. that's a lot of shares to be moving at that point in time, especially yeah. when it comes down to the news. I mean, BlackBerry, it, even BlackBerry had to go ahead and file their, um, as Alex said, they had to go ahead and file their um, their report, basically denying it with SEC themselves. They had to process that press release with sex so that they had their own butts covered at that point in time. Yeah. So it would be generally it wasn't it wasn't Blackberry or it wasn't Samsung. It was whoever was moving those two hundred thousand shares or whatever other shares that were moving at that point in time. Somebody would seemingly was out to benefit off of the moving of the shares and the price based on that rumor. What I found interesting is that even when the rumor came out and it was essentially denied it ended up coming up again yeah. with the exact same information, which sort of, sort of, it it sounds as though that somebody took this information and they were basically bringing it to who who would ever, who would ever take the bait on it and publish more about it to yeah. keep it going because first it was Reuters and then it ended up being the Financial Times or Financial Post one of the two because they did a follow-up report on it and said that it was still going, like the, the rumors were, were still plausible at that point in time, which now we know it wasn't, at least, you know, from our standpoint, we know that it wasn't necessarily true. 
But whatever the case may be, it sounds as though that somebody was taking that story and just kept feeding it to who would ever take the bait on it and run some more with it, which, you know, that the whole thing just sounds shady in its own right because... It's it's screwed up, though, because, like, sure, even if they do end up going after this company or whoever these shares were moved by and find out that there was stock manipulation, um, okay, they're screwed and they're going to go to jail and all that stuff and they're going to owe fines or whatever happens, but all of the people that saw, you know, the shares going up at $12, $13, $14 and they start buying shares, like, I have a few friends who actually went, they were getting excited and they went and bought shares, they don't get refunded for the shares that they lost in this whole stock manipulation. So many, you know, hundreds of thousands of people got screwed over because of this. So, like, it never really rights the wrong, and that just shows you how dangerous it is really dealing with the stock market because the media is really controlling the stocks so powerfully. One article, you know, caused a 33% increase. That would be taking, uh, you know, Apple's, whatever, it's at $500 a share or... Three hundred. I think they stock split, whatever. But that would be taking like a five hundred dollar, you know, stock and bringing it up to eight hundred dollars in a day. Like that has never, ever, ever happened. But BlackBerry, like this shit is happening daily because this, you know, the media is screwing with them so much. It happens both. That's ways. why I don't invest. It happens <laughs> both ways too. Even uh, Prem Watsa, one of the big, biggest investors in uh, BlackBerry, he had a situation a few years back where he actually sued, I think his company sued someone um, that was putting out these stories about his company that was making the stock go down. He eventually won it. Um, But I mean, just that's what happens nowadays, especially with volatile stocks like BlackBerry where it's it's very speculative. You have people who are saying stuff and everybody's just going on a whim trying to figure out, trying to see what's going to happen with the stock. Because to be honest, no one really knows what's going to happen here um, between now and, and the next year, it can be. It, it comes down to how the passport numbers are and how everything is else is. And Samsung could come in and and purchase the company. Who knows? We don't even know what's going to happen. So that's how this stuff happens. A lot of it is just. I, I mean, you. I think BlackBerry is a hot stock, regardless of like where the price of its shares are at right now. But it, it's. A lot of people really like John Chen. I mean, he came with second in with CNN CEO of the year, and I mean, it's just like at even at um, what was the the last uh big um, conference that was out in Vegas? I can't CES. Um, he, they he was like the the attraction there. So when you have someone like that who's you know pretty much doing the impossible in the media's eyes for BlackBerry, and then you have a company like Samsung who holds a lot of weight, has a lot of clout in the mobile industry, and then you know that they partner up with Knox and with um, Best Twelve, and it kind of makes sense to see that Samsung would be doing a you know could be trying to acquire BlackBerry, so to speak, but to Take it and run with it. In terms of manipulation, of course, I mean, yeah, you can easily just say, yeah, it was it was pretty much nothing but the media behind that. But when people see it, and then they start piecing two and two together, of course they're going to start jumping and they're going to do dumb things that they shouldn't do instead of waiting and not speculating purely off of rumors. Bottom line is that in today's you know today's age, we have to really <laughs> monitor where money's going. 
and how it goes because it purely works off trends. We we know that money is made from trends. I mean, that's just the simple fact about it. But in terms of rumors, people take that, and I swear it becomes a fact nowadays. Like it really does, and it's purely because of social media. If if I say something that Chris agrees to. And then he puts it on Facebook, and then 20 other people agree to it. it my opinion has became a fact now, and that's just what it is. And so it sucks. It, it really does, but it's really disappointing that it has to be looked into as stock manipulation. And that is really just you know kind of like a black cloud that Blackberries had to catch for no apparent reason. Because clearly they, it, I don't feel like it was anything that they did if they came right out and said no this is not <laughs> anything we've done <laughs> and then Samsung comes out like a day later like yeah this, that's not what the case is so and then and, and in turn it hurts the Blackberry stock and it drops even lower than where it was at beforehand mm-hmm. so yeah it just it, I don't know it's a lot of what just media uh, social media just in general I got a kick at it but after, after. After everything was all said and done, everybody was like, yeah, the stock nosedive. No, the stock didn't nosedive. The right. stock just went back to where it normally was. Right. Right. It didn't nosedive at all. It went back <laughs> to where it properly should have been. Yeah, people are always glamorizing that stuff, though. It, it, it makes it's, for clicks. Makes for clicks. Simple. It's not story unless it's, it's a growing trend now with uh, with uh, the stock market, where a lot of value is derived from speculation instead of people actually, you know, taking the time to go through the numbers and actually trying to figure out what they mean from each company's earnings reports. It's more. It's more just about this, you know, quick wins, trying to figure out. Who's going to be the next person, next acquisition, and stuff like that to get a quick buck? You know. Yeah, but what do you expect? I mean, when we're seeing WhatsApp, a company, you know, sell for seventeen billion dollars, which isn't even like a reasonable acquisition price. Like, you kind of have to start valuing yeah. these tech companies just based off of like assumptions and stuff. And it, you can't just look at the raw numbers and be like, this company is worth this value because yeah. it's so screwed up exactly. right now. Exactly, and it's it's a really tough place to be right now because um, the market just doesn't know how to um, value yeah. the different companies' user bases because a lot of these companies like Facebook or Twitter, their value is derived from their user base and it, it, it's really no one really knows how to associate a value to that and so it's all about speculation and that speculation is just you know kind of overflowed over to the other to other shares and other um Places to do with technology. It's a lot of money to be playing around with. Billions upon billions of dollars. And really, kind of the integrity of a company over the past couple of years. I mean, they've re- literally written BlackBerry down to nothing, even though its value intrinsically is probably has, you know, a much higher value overall. Yeah. So I think we covered this week fairly well, gentlemen. Anyone else have anything they want to close with before we drop off? Well, do you want to discuss that 10.3.1 rumor? Yeah, we can talk about it. (laughs) The rumor date is for, I believe, the 19th, if I've read correctly. And since we have some (laughs) BlackBerry Elite members, I don't know how much we can actually say. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, it... You just look at past history, it makes sense. So we're not going to sit here and, you know... I don't want anyone to sit here and put truth behind what has been speculated, all right? 
Okay. <laughs> but if you if you look at Blackberry's history, all right, releases and so on, it, it happens around that time frame. End of the month, middle of the week. It's just what Blackberry does. So it doesn't even it doesn't even happen like that. Like right. when they say it's gonna come in February, they mean it's gonna come in February. Right. But it, it's not gonna come at once, I doubt. I doubt no, it's gonna be that no. I think it's gonna be a staggered rollout. It, and it has already. I mean, people are already seen it in other places, for whatever. But I've been told, I went to an AT&T store, and a guy told me, he said, like, near the end of February, and this was, like, week before last. So, yeah, it's, I, it was expected. I think I expected, and I think BlackBerry consumers expected it. It would be, like, if they said we're going to get something, you know it's going to be at the end of whatever they say. Because you know they're going to hold out for however long. So... Library consumers wanted it like four months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, guys, if I could get a poll. What do you think is going to be the most asked question on CrackBerry the day after the OS drops? Do you think do, it's going to be how do I use Blend? How do I use Blend? How do I use Blend? What is Blend? <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be when's it coming to my device because once yeah, the announcement true. gets put out and then everybody finds out that, hey, it's not going to land on everybody's device on any one single day. When's yeah. it coming to my device? When's it coming to my carrier? So it's basically going to be the past, oh, I don't know, six months for probably about another, oh, I don't know, six weeks. <laughs> yeah. Basically, as long as the Z10 ST1 ST owners are happy, <laughs> yes, that's all that matters because they're the most vocal group. Definitely. I feel like every group is vocal. And now the passport owners, where's the D brick for the passport? <laughs> it's out there. It's it's on Cragberry. You just gotta go find it. Right. How come I can't build an auto loader? Where's the <laughs> auto loaders? The 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 three point the three dot one leaks have just been getting like out of control here lately though. <laughs> they really have. I'm I hope the people are satisfied because you've been wanting this and this you're getting everything you want. I mean it's coming from left and right. So please enjoy the leaks. People. Honestly, that's why I don't understand why a lot of people are like so upset that ten dot three dot one isn't necessarily here as of yet for everyone because there's there's been so many leaks of ten dot three dot one that you know if if I really if I really 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 wanted it and I was that frustrated by it, I just load up a damn leak. Right. You know what that you know what but there's so many people that are adamant against loading leaks. Like Yes, and I was gonna say that I, I have friends of mine that will not go the auto loader way. They will not use. It. They will. They are going to ride out whatever their carriers gave them yeah. until it officially comes. And I'm just like, why? You know, why are you killing yourself? Because honestly, me personally, if, if I have to give them kudos, but if I did hold out as long as they have. It's almost, it's really to a point where you're going to switch platforms. And it's not because of BlackBerry. It's just some yeah. fact because of how your carriers are treated. And there's yeah. ruining the BlackBerry 10 experience for them. There's also a 98% chance that whatever OS leak that you load on your device at this point in time right now is probably going to be the official OS release. Yeah, yeah they were saying that the 10.3.1.2072 that is probably most likely going to be the official one because I think some 
well, first of all, this was actually downloaded from an official carrier who accidentally kicked it out or whatever. Right. And you know, I've already installed this on my mom's phone, my stepdad's phone, my brother's phone. My brother has his E10, and he's been complaining about battery a lot. And I'm like, you know, I I'm pretty sure this is good battery, and I've been using it. It does. And my buddy who also has a Z30, I installed it on his. I'm all my friends. I'm putting it on their phones, so they just have the newest <laughs> version. And they they've messaged me and said, you know, the battery is better. Like I can tell the battery is better and stuff. Yeah, I, I gotta say with three that one, now. I gotta say with three that that I'm using, it's I've only been it's only I've only had it on my phone since last night, but I've seen a battery improvement like drastic battery improvement over 2072. Um, and that that's been said that that's gonna be AT&T's official OS. I mean everything's speculated, but I can just say like thus far with because there's a lot there's been a lot of three that one leaks. And I mean, damn, there is more than 2.1, but I, I got to say that this is definitely one of the better OSs because a lot of the bar files had also been, you know, put out for people to load as well. So um, that's a great leak. But I mean, people got to be satisfied. You, you, there's no way you can be upset about anything in reference to the 3.1. All I know is there's meetings being held on the 18th, and then anything after that is sort of like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You may get it on the 19th. You may end up having to wait for your general carrier to go ahead and release it. So, there you is go. It, is it pretty much guaranteed that at Mobile World, World Contra... Con, wow. MWC, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mobile World Congress, aren't they going to at least have to talk about a new device? Yes. Okay. Have they done... In the past, I think last year they talked about the Z3 and the Q20, which is the classic. Um, but was that the first time it was leaked? This is what I'm curious about because yep. like, I'm surprised they're being so tight-lipped is what I'm thinking right now. Normally there's crazy rumors at this point in the time, like this point of the month of the year, right? you got to believe John Chen when he says, I'm going to yeah. cut down on leaks, I'm going to cut down okay. on leaks. Okay. And, and not necessarily stuff that's put on production servers for people to grab, but in terms of what the real kind of secret sauce internally, right. what they're doing over there on Waterloo and probably a lot in California as well. I think BlackBerry has gotten a lot more smarter when it comes to leaving stuff behind in their operating systems and stuff like that now, because the only thing that is even left lingering or hanging around in you know, BlackBerry 10.3.1 at this point is hints of the Rio, and even then, it's only small little tiny bits and pieces. It's like... I think there's like three lines of text that actually say Rio in it, and that's about it, throughout the whole operating system. So they've been, whoever or whatever they did at BlackBerry, whoever was in charge of it or, you know, whatever they did, they started stripping out a lot of that information that people used to use to be able to go ahead and post information about out of the OS. It's no longer left behind anymore. They've cleaned it up, and you know it's it's harder it's harder to pull that stuff out of the OS because it's just simply not there anymore. Right, and uh, another thing is is like with with that it, you gotta understand when if BlackBerry lets go of information like that, it kills the momentum, and momentum dr drives stocks. So you want to wait for these, you know, the Mobile World Congress to speak about the new devices and software that may be coming from BlackBerry because that's going to legitimately push the stocks forward. If you let it come out, you know, over time, you gain no momentum. Slowly, yeah. Stocks are not going to... Exactly. 
So those are they they have to remain tight lipped about it for the company's sake, you know, and that's why Samsung and Apple and HTC, this is why they have what they have. Now, don't get me wrong, they have huge leaks that come out of their devices, <laughs> but people still tune in because they want to see it when it's finally revealed. Like people are waiting for the March event for Samsung. People are waiting for these things. So um, it, it's it's really something that John, I mean, that John Chen, you know, he's, he mentioned um, as as James said that he's gonna k- kill the leaks, but at the same time. He has to, and I'm happy that he is. I mean, because you have to ha- have something to look forward to. If I know it's going to keep coming, what really am I getting out of it at the end of the day? Because you have to ask yourself, what is it about this brand or this product or this company that it does for you? So you have to have something to look forward to. And then when we don't hear anything, people are like, oh, it's, it's boring. Well, that's kind of a good thing in a sense. So you got to look at it from that because you want you want to have this anticipation for something. You're right. Building up an expectation is definitely going to be valuable for them. But being able to deliver on it as well. I mean, he told us what was coming, and then he delivered on it. That's what I appreciated about it. And then they had that little bit of innovation with the Passport and its awesome keyboard. Do you think they're going to kind of rehash that innovation on another type of form factor or build another type of innovation? I mean, build something else because at at this point, if they were to go ahead and – you know, do too much with the, say, for example, the passport styling. It would sort of make passport owners at this point in time feel yeah. a little bit skewed. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to do too much that may possibly piss off current owners. But if you're introducing something entirely new, then you know that's, that's a, yeah, with the keyboard or something. Yeah. And that's that's. You know, you're not you're not taking off anybody else at that point in time. You're introducing something totally new and possibly obtaining new customers or making existing customers happy, like those people who want a full touch device. But yeah. um, well, Chen it, at the at the passport release, if I'm not mistaken, Chen did mention that they were going to go vertical as of this year, correct? Uh, Alex. Because <laughs> if I, I do remember him saying, like he says, he wants to go more vertical with devices, you know, and um, it makes sense because he knows that. He, and another thing he also, I, I remember him saying, was that he doesn't want to come with this device that everyone expects. He wants to continue the innovation. Yeah, yeah, that's what I recall him saying. Right. I don't know yeah. about the vertical, but I recall him saying that he's not, he's not, he's essentially not going to put out another black slab. Just to right, put out a black slab. Right, and and I'm gonna have to look up that interview again, but I, I I'm pretty sure he said he wanted to go vertical, but he wants to keep the innovation going. So that's what I'm really excited about. I just want to see. It's not even necessarily what device it is; it's what they're gonna do with the device. You know, exactly. Like, and that's just the big thing that I'm really worried about. I, you know, I I want to continue to see the improvements that they do with BlackBerry 10's operating system. You want to see a more um you know defined look. I I mean I'm you like 10.3, but you look at 10.3 and you're like, okay, it still has a, a lot of work, honestly, you know, to to be done to the OS, but... And still, it's like two years old. I mean, right. they've gone, they've gone yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah, you can't knock it for where it came from. I mean, the maturity of the OS, I, I mentioned it last week, is remarkable, but... I had the 10 I had an old device kicking around today. I had an old device kicking around today, and I, like, turned it on and started using it, and, like... Just the animations are swiping up and up and, and sending it to the uh, 
the active pain screen was just so much slower than what it feels like now on on 10.3 and 10.3.1. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, they sped up the animations a little bit, which makes yeah. the entire OS feel quicker. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's like people who are worried because there are some people who are worried that their BlackBerry this is the end of them coming out with a full touchscreen device, and realistically, uh, BlackBerry 10 was built with an all-touchscreen in mind. And if you look back on it, it was kind of retrofitted. Like, even the Q10 took a while to come out before, like, the Z10 was out for a while. Then the Q10 kind of took a while. And then the Classic, they had to totally rebuild the OS to make it trackpad-friendly. Like, this is not an OS that was built for things like the trackpad and the keyboard and everything. It was built primarily for a slab. So do you think BlackBerry is going to take something that was built for a slab and just stop developing these slabs for and they're just going to do you know keyboard layouts from now on like they, they still they're going to do both sides of the market yeah I agree I definitely agree I think they're definitely going to have to put it forward I think people I think people are getting frustrated just because of the amount of time that they've had in between you know and no leaks yeah, yeah people get mad without the leaks but th- it could be a good thing compile that with the fact that Blackberry 10.3.1 has taken a little bit longer than people would like and you know it builds frustration people people want new stuff they constantly want new yeah. stuff gots to have the new stuffs <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it! I'm definitely looking forward Alex I think they will have to build another all-touch device I think it's gonna have to find that middle ground though between the passport specifications and maybe some of the mid-range stuff that we've heard about like the classic is such a great device but it Performance-wise, when I look at a passport, yeah. right, exactly. And also, it's not that it doesn't run well. If they, they put it well. in the Rio, the Rio is not going to appease anybody unless it has some updated specs from what has been rumored. Thus yeah, right. Well, what is the point right now of a low-spec slab phone? I don't see any point in it. There's the Z3, like there's the Z30. There are phones that are somewhat recent that make up for that. Like, what would be the point in them doing another? Low spec all touch device. I don't see any point in that. It's regional purposes. Not. I don't think the Rio even be well, yeah. sold for here. You know, and it it's better specs than the Z3. So it's another phone to come in those emerging markets. Yeah. You know, buying the BlackBerry 10 devices at a higher rate than here stateside, or adapting to it here stateside. So they're gonna buy it. You know, I mean, I I I would love a you know a refresh of the Z10. You know, but. You know, I mean, I mean, no, you never know. Something is probably in the works from from BlackBerry. I'm sure they've got things coming, but um, quarter three is their quarter as far as here stateside and well, North America, I should say, is is really where we get to shine. You know, quarter two and quarter one is more for other regions, but I don't know. John Chen, he's a mysterious character. I just want to say, like, if you have a Q5. And you load 10.3 on it, it's absolutely amazing. You know what they did? No, seriously, I'm not even joking because, I mean, obviously it's still a Q5, right? It's a low spec device <laughs> with a terrible camera. But the thing is, is that the operating system is a whole hell of a lot smoother. But what else they did was they minimized the size of the icons. So the icons on the Q5 actually look amazing. Like, it gives you more uh, screen real estate oh, wow. rather, yeah. rather than those big, chunky icons that they had before, which totally looked awkward. 
they reduced the size of the icon. So they, is, it, is it now three by five? I think the aspect ratio was like three yeah, by three, three before. Yeah, it's three by five now. Mm. It's pretty. Close. But it looks so much better, and it's like, wow, this is like, yeah. this is a usable phone now because before <laughs> I wouldn't use it because it was just absolutely little hideous. Right? The, the fact that you had a Q5 charged <laughs> in like all the three is like the best I, part of this. <laughs> I honestly, I went through like every single device, every device that I have sitting here is like on. On some sort of 10.3 build right now. Wow. So when whenever 10.3 actually does roll out, be it on the 19th or thereafter, I'll have absolutely no idea. I'll have to rely on everybody else to know that it's actually available on certain carriers because I loaded up, <laughs> I loaded up every single device directly on the 10.3.1 already. So I'm screwed for actually knowing. When when a build will arrive on Rogers or AT and T or T Mobile or anything. <laughs> That's smart. That's smart what they did with that um though, Chris, with the Q five because it, it it also kind of gives you that illusion of more you know screen real estate as well by yeah. and that's uh, that's pretty. It gives you the, the illusion that there's more screen right. real estate and it makes it feel like it's a really refreshed OS like right. you know right. it it feels newer than what it you know what it really is. Not knocking Q5 owners or anything. It's not a device that I would use, but it actually it feels great. The OS yeah. actually runs faster and it looks better on a, on a Q5 than any of the 10.2.1 builds. So Q5 wonder, owners will be pleased. I wonder <laughs> what what the percentage is of people who like load up a leak and actually own devices. Because there's probably a lot out there that don't load up anything at all. That they're on 10.2 still. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I wonder how many are the gutsy people who have just one BlackBerry 10 device and load up a leak on that one device instead of like us who have like two or three and then we can always we always have one that we can fall back on. Yeah, that'd be interesting to find out. Do a poll. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I only have that. one working device on <laughs> Verizon. I mean, I have two other devices, but they only work on AT&T or something. So I really I have been installing leaks on my only device. I'm one of those people. These two, they're phones, but they don't do shit for me. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do anything for me. I'm kind of in the same position, just a simple fact, because the, the Passport uses Nano SIM, and my Z10 doesn't. So I really can only use this device. I can't go back to my Z10 if something happens or whatever. You know, like it's... It puts you in a compromising position, so I have to really be careful. Like last night, I think I was working on my passport for like two hours, uh, just doing a backup, doing a full backup. Then I had to pretty much erase it clean, do a factory reset. I mean, all the way back to like just 10.3, and then put the OS on there, and then you know restore my device. Like that takes time, but um, those are the pains that you have to kind of go through with doing that. I remember, like, back in BlackBerry OS days, I never wanted to load up a leak when I only had, like, one device because I was scared to death that it would fry it. Because it's not exactly like it's the first time. Because these days, I mean, you have autoloaders and stuff like that. You're, you're Realistically, compared to BlackBerry OS days, you know, there was a chance that you could actually realistically fry your device back then. Um, not... A huge chance, but it was still a chance there. Uh, but with auto loaders and stuff like that, the chance is much smaller these days. So, yeah, 
there's, n- there's no way to really run an autoloader that isn't signed by BlackBerry onto a BB10 device, right? No. Not, at least not that we've seen so far. Well, you can build your own autoloaders and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but you, you're still using BlackBerry's tools, essentially, to build those autoloaders. Right. Well, let's wrap it up. This has been a longer than normal upstream. <laughs> As always, appreciate having everyone <laughs> on. Despite the sailor mouth gentlemen that we bring on board here. Hey, we were better this week than last week, so that's, yeah. that's a plus. <laughs> I feel like we were worse than last week, but that's just... <laughs> I'll have to watch both of them now for quality assurance purposes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, it's great having you on. You have a great rest of your night. Guys, I'll take care. We'll see you, see you next week.